This is the first episode of the second season of The Trust Show. This season, for the most part, focuses on the six components of my trustworthiness model. These components are what makes a person worthy of someone else's trust. Remember that trust is relative, so these components must be evaluated in the context of a specific relationship, a specific situation, and a specific context. The six components are divided into two groups, who you are and what you do. The first episode of this second season provides the overview of the six component model and covers the first one, competence. Welcome to season two, episode one of The Trust Show. I'm your host, Yoram Solomon, a researcher of trust and the author of The Book of Trust. In this educational podcast, I will challenge you to think differently about trust through the eight laws of trust and the six components of trustworthiness. But I will not only teach you about trust, I will also give you actionable advice on how to build trust, be trusted, and know who to trust. Because the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? In season one, in one of the episodes, I told you about my path, my journey that took me to start researching trust. And it was really in the book, Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss, that, that I published in 2017, was the first time when I realized the, the components of a culture of innovation really start with having or not having trust. Trust is the foundation of everything. And this is when I started writing about trust. That book was the first time that I wrote a chapter. It was a six-page chapter. Uh, it was the epilogue, Building Trust. The same six components that I identified back then are still the six components of my trustworthiness or building trust uh, model that I will describe uh, or give an overview in this episode today. I did build the mathematical model, and the mathematic mathematical model has evolved since I wrote about it first in uh, Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss. In the Book of Trust, uh, the latest edition, you will find in an appendix chapter the description of that mathematical model, what it is made of, and why did I reach that very specific relationship between the different components. But for now, I'm going to skip math and we're going to go straight into the model itself. But before I go into the model, why is it important to even understand how trust is built and how a person becomes trustworthy, which is really the focus of this model, how a person becomes trustworthy or more trusted? First of all, understanding trust will help you learn what you can do to be more trusted. You want to be more trusted. I've done a survey, 85% of the people who responded to that specific survey said they wanted to be more trusted. And I believe 46% of them said that they wanted to be much more trusted at work than they are today. 
So understanding this model, understanding the six components will help you learn what you can do to be more trusted by other people. The second reason is because understanding trust will help you tell whether you can or cannot trust another person or another company or another product. Once you know what are the type of things that you need to pay attention to, what are the six components in that other person or other thing, you will know if you can trust them or not and not have to rely on your gut feeling or your intuition on whether you can trust them or not. We'll make it a lot more disciplined and a lot more structured uh, process. The third reason is that understanding trust will help you diagnose and fix trust issues that you have in your team, in the organization, in the entire company. I should add that when I said how you learn how to be more trusted, this is not just you. This could be your company. Your company can be more trusted. How to build a brand that is more trusted. What are the type of things that your customers are looking for when they determine whether you're trusted or not? It's not enough to just say that we're trusted. You have to give them reasons to believe that you're trusted. And these are the six components. The six components are made of two groups. And the first group is, I'll, I'll first tell you what the groups are. The groups are something that I call your trust brand. Those are more static. This is the who you are. And the second group is your trust actions. This is more dynamic and this is what you do. So I'm going to start with the first one. This is the who you are. This is uh, your trust brand. Uh, in finance, uh, there is a uh, the two most important reports in financial report reporting are your balance sheet and your income statement. So I equate the trust brand, the who you are, the, those three components, the group of three components to the balance sheet. This is what you have at a point in time. There is a great quote from Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon and Blue Origin, I guess we should say now, Jeff Bezos, astronaut. He said that your brand is what people say about you when you are not in the room. Think about it. Your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So that determines really the level of trust that is embedded in you when you're not interacting with the other person, when the other person doesn't see you. This is what they think about you. This is the level of trust that you have when you're not in the room with them at the same time. It is a lot slower to change. It doesn't change immediately unless you really heard something very important that would affect the trust that you have in that other person. Otherwise, it is very slow to change. The last time you saw that person, you left them with a certain level of trust that you have in them or trust that they have in you. And that will change very, very slowly until the next time you meet. It relies a lot more on evidence. This evidence exists or does not exist even without meeting the other person, without even meeting them for the first time. So imagine this, you may not know me, but you're listening to this podcast. We have not interacted, but with this podcast, through this podcast, maybe through my videos, maybe through my books, I provided you with some kind of evidence of how much you can or cannot, should or should not trust me. 
you watch my video, you listen to this podcast. Hearing about someone from another person. Maybe you heard something about me from another person. That takes me back to the fifth law of trust. Trust is transferable. Still, we haven't met, but you have formulated a certain position uh, or opinion about my trustworthiness, or I formulated a certain position about or opinion about your trustworthiness without even meeting you for the first time because we went through a third person. This could be by seeing someone's profile on a dating app. So you are formulating, uh, maybe it's your intuition, maybe it's your subconscious, maybe it's something else, but you're formulating a position about somebody else without even interacting with them for the first time. Now, one thing that happens, and I talked about that uh, in the previous season, when I talked about the fact that trust is dynamic, that it declines over time. This is our own defense mechanism. Things have changed. Things could have changed with me. So as a result, the longer time passes between the last or since the last interaction you had with me, you're going to trust me a little less because I may have changed. And so as a defense mechanism, the trust, the the static, the brand, who you are, or in this case, who am I, declines in your eyes. The trust declines in your eyes, in, in your opinion. What are the components? There are three components in this group of components, the, the static group, the who you are. One is competence. And I'll talk more about competence towards the end of uh, this episode. Competence is more of a technical, more of a professional type of component, uh, trustworthiness component. The second is more complex, and I may have more than one episode to talk about that next, and that's the personality compatibility. This one is more emotional. This one is more relative, but you will see that there are parts of it that are more universal and parts of it that are more personal. You also have to remember that it is trust in general, is continuous, it's contextual, it's personal, and it's asymmetrical. So when you consider the personality compatibility, just keep those first four laws of trust in mind that make trust relative. I have to admit that I have changed the name. Uh, it used I used to call this component shared values, but what I realized is that values are only part of of the personality compatibility. There are other things that would not fit into the category of values that still fit within personality compatibility, so I changed the name. So from this moment on, I refer to the second component, the emotional component of who you are or our compatibility as personal compatibility. The third component of the who you are group is symmetry. It's a situational component. Are we on the same side? Is our relationship symmetrical? Is it fair? Those are the type of things that the situation dictates on whether you will trust me more or less or whether I will trust you more or less. So these are the three components of the who you are. Competence, personality compatibility, and symmetry. The second group of components in my trustworthiness 
uh, model are the dynamic ones, the, the what I call the trust actions. As opposed to the who you are, these are the what you do. So this is why I call them actions. They're like, if I go back to the financial equivalent, so if the who you are uh, is the balance sheet, the what you do are the income statement. These are the changes that will influence that balance sheet, will increase or reduce it, will increase overall the level of trust that you have in me or that I have in you or anybody has in anybody or anything else. They will change them, but it's what you do to change them during an interaction. So it heavily relies on having an interaction. It changes during an interaction. This is the most dynamic part of the trust that you have in another person because the change during an interaction is much faster than the change over time between and without interactions. Typically, this cannot be established outside of a face-to-face -face meeting. And, and this is by definition. It's just that the three components that I integrated in this group of what you do, the dynamic group of what you do, are components that can only exist during a face-to-face -face meeting. And you'll see when I tell you what they are. Uh, law number five, uh, that trust is transferable, has very little impact this time because you are getting first-hand impression of whether you should trust me or not through a first-hand impression of my behavior during this interaction that the, the fact that somebody else told, me, told you something about me has very little impact. It is very fast to change. Pay attention when, when you're building this trust, whether you're tr going to trust somebody else or somebody else is going to trust you. The first eight seconds are the most critical. The first 15 minutes are very critical. The first hour, the first date. Or as was said, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So the initial part of an interaction has the biggest impact. The first interaction has a big impact, bigger than the second interaction. The first eight seconds have bigger impact than the second eight seconds. The first interaction has a bigger impact on my trustworthiness in your eyes than the second uh, interaction. The components, again, three components, uh, two of them I sometimes lump together. Those are time and intimacy, the amount of time and the frequency of time and the intimacy of interaction, the intimacy of that time that we spend in interaction. So I'm going to call this the how. This is how we interact. Do we interact over email or text, which is the lowest level of intimacy, or in face-to-face -face meetings, which are the higher uh, degrees of uh, intimacy? Do we spend a lot of time together? Not so much. Do we meet frequently or not so much? This is the how. How do we interact? The third component, and I do separate time from intimacy, and you'll see that when I talk about them. The third component is positivity. And positivity is the what. This is the what I contribute to or during this interaction. I break this into two subcomponents, the level of BS that I contribute in this interaction. And I'm not going to break it down here. I'll talk about that in a later episode. And the second is the level of self-centrism, 
how self-centered I am versus how empathetic I am to you. So those are the two parts, the two subparts of positivity, which is the third component of the what you do during an interaction. Three of the components of my six-component model of trustworthiness. I will now start talking about the first component, competence. This is one of the three components of the who you are, the more static, the more brand-related type of uh, components. Competence is a technical or a professional thing. It is typically, I would say, more objective than subjective. Unless, of course, you're misleading the other person or I'm misleading you in giving you false certifications or false documentation on how technical or how professional I am in that context. But it is still contextual. So if to, to evaluate how competent I am, the question is competent in doing what? And this is the second law of trust. Trust is contextual. Uh, you have to... You have to realize that you can trust me more as maybe as a pilot than as something else, maybe as a golf player, because frankly, I haven't played golf in my life, not even a single time. So you would trust me more to fly your plane because I am a certified pilot than you would uh, to play golf with me on the same team. So it is technical, it is professional. It is pretty objective. I mean, there is a certain level of uh, competence that a pilot has, uh, a pilot with 250 hours versus a pilot with 5,000 hours. So it's pretty, tech, it, it's pretty objective, but it is contextual. Uh, I'm going to break the elements of competence in, in two groups again. One is more specific and the other is more general. Specific is more specific to the role that I have in which you at least want to trust me in. So those would be, for example, my skills, skills that are required to do this specific job, this specific task. It would be knowledge and education. What, what official, uh, formal education and knowledge do I have? The experience that I have. How much experience do I have? How relevant is that experience? And sometimes the certification that I may have. So I'll go back to the example of, of being a pilot. Uh, the skills, uh, well, I need to master the skills of uh, taking off, flying at level, cruising, um, communicating with air traffic controllers, and uh, not less important than them, landing the plane without crashing it. Those are the type of skills. Do I have those skills? Am I good at those skills? Knowledge and education. So you may want to know where I got my license and uh, what uh, uh, pilot school did I go to? And some schools are better and some schools maybe not so much. So you may want to know that. Uh, if I'm a professor, you may want to know where uh, I got my own degree. My experience, so in case of a pilot, it's, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Do I have 250 hours as a pilot in command or do I have 5,000 or 10,000? How much experience do I have? And this is where it gets contextual. How much experience do I have in this specific airplane? Maybe I have 5,000 hours as a pilot in an Airbus 320, very common airplane, but you want me as a pilot in a Boeing 747. 
in which I only have 12 hours of experience. So relevant experience, once again, contextual experience. Certifications, very, very clear in a pilot's case, in a doctor's case, in uh, a professor's case, there, there needs to be a very specific certificate, whether it's a pilot certificate, a teaching certificate, or any other type of certificate. These are things that are very specific. They're specific to the specific role or specific test that's in my hand that you want to trust me with. Two questions you may have to ask yourself in order to be able to evaluate my competence are one, do I have access to this information to know what my knowledge, what my education, what my certification and experience is? And two, are you in a position to judge? Because you may not be in a position to judge my competence. I may not be in a position to judge your competence based on those two factors. Those are things to keep in mind. The second group, as I said, is more general. It's more general because it's less related to a specific task. So this includes things like, I typically meet deadlines. I'm, I typically don't miss deadlines. I stay on budget. I have a track record of staying on budget. Uh, the quality of my work is considered pretty high. The quantity of my work is considered pretty high, maybe. I finish what I started. You know, that's, I'll be honest, this is one of the things that I struggle with. I like starting things, really. I'm not great finisher and I have to force myself. I mean, I do finish it. I published 14 books because I did finish writing 14 books, but, but this is something that's hard for me. So that's a general uh, competence component. Responsible. Pretty vague, but am I considered responsible? Am I good at my job? Am I consistent? Is the quality of my work, is, is my delivery consistent? Can you rely on me to complete things the same quality, the same time, time after time? Am I confident? So confidence sometimes is really more of a symptom rather than uh, a trait of part of competence, but uh, I, I remember the movie Zero Dark Thirty, where the uh, Jessica Chastain, who plays the uh, CIA agent Maya, uh, she asked the uh, SEAL Team Six, members of SEAL Team Six, to go and get Osama Bin Laden for her. I remember one of them looking at the other, pointing at her, saying, or, or before pointing at her, talking to the other and asking him, do you really believe her? Do you really think that, that the target, the high-value target we're going after is Bin Laden? And he said yes. The other person said yes. And, and the first one asked him, the first SEAL Team 6 member asked, what convinced you? And the second one points to Maya and says, her confidence. Confidence, showing that you're confident in what you do helps people believe that you are competent in what you do. And the final one that I have is that you love what you do. When I, I know that I love what I do and there's no way to hide it. I'm, I'm too expressive for other people to not realize that I love what I do. And guess what? When you love what you do, you're good at what you do. So again, this is a symptom just like confidence in confidence in what you do. These are symptoms of competence. But again, we're after... Do you think that I'm competent enough for you to trust me? Let's summarize. 
there are six components in my trustworthiness model that make a person worthy of somebody else's trust. It's not just a person, it can be a brand, it can be a company, it can be a team. Remember that this is relative. So these components must be evaluated in the context of a specific relationship, a specific situation, and a specific context. The six components are divided into two groups. One, the more static one, is who you are. And the other, the more dynamic one, is what you do during an interaction. In the following episodes, I will cover each one of the specific components, starting with personality compatibility. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll make sure to answer it or find the answer to it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. That's Y-O-R-A-M at thetrustshow.com. If you like this podcast episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get new episodes. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings would help others who are looking for a podcast just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my online course at trustedatwork.com. Find my books on Amazon or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening.